Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm 35% water. I mean, I'm Alex. <laughs> and I'm Britton. Hi, Britton. <laughs> <laughs> and this week, we are talking about The Matrix. Yeah, we're doing the Matrix trilogy. Yay! Kind of a, a random uh, detour after all the the Batman and holiday shenanigans we've had <laughs> for the last month or two. But. Yeah. Well, it's more Warner Brothers movies. Yeah. What could go wrong? <laughs> Down this rabbit hole. All right. So, The Matrix, directed by the Wachowskis, came out in 1999. Since I keep forgetting to add the year that it came out and the directors. <laughs> uh, it has an 87% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and an 85% audience score. So, oh, wow. relatively close. Um, Tyler, best thing, worst thing? Um, the best thing is definitely going to be the action. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed that. From the, I felt like that was the part that most held up. I ha- I've seen this movie before, but not anytime recently. So, rewatching it, I, it felt to me like that was the strongest thing about it. And obviously, that's kind of like the most lasting part of this movie like the most lasting legacy is the bullet time and all that sort of stuff that it really popularized um my least favorite thing it's probably just kind of how almost flimsy the premises mm. i want to say that might be what i go with is that it feels like they're they kind of thought of this and did not really expand beyond oh wouldn't this be cool if humans are living in a virtual world you yeah. know and and they're all we're all trapped here and you know there there's actually a giant machine thing going on and outside and like, like all this other stuff and they're like it's actually like the apocalypse or whatever um we'll we'll get into this but it feels like there are a lot of holes you can poke in that in the premises and that they especially like within the the way they execute it there's a lot of ways it just does not work yeah <laughs> um but yeah we'll, we'll talk about that in a little while because there's a lot of stuff we can break down there britain uh, my best thing is going to be how well it ultimately holds up, because there are yeah pl- plot holes and you know all this. But this movie was pretty revolutionary when it when it hit, and it's not quite twenty years old. And with a lot of movies, you know, that rely so much whose whose who's iconography and whose impact relies so much on their visual effects, those movies can age within a couple of years. Yeah. But this one, I mean, the effects look great yeah and and i think it's because the the effects are, are creative and they're not just trying to come up with a new technology they were like they had an idea and they, they it's really well executed um like the spinning when the uh, trinity's about to do like the jump karate kick yeah. and the bullet thing and yeah there's a couple of great neo like jump yeah. kick step off people stuff mm-hmm. and it, absolutely and it's in that it's really well done uh it, it works within the movie and just in terms of that it's visually mm-hmm. cool but it's also it, it's this movie won four Oscars, and I feel like it they're richly deserved. Um, and I, I so I think that it, I, it's fun to watch a movie that is in this but is by no means old, but like watching Jurassic Park or something, yeah. Where you go, man, these effects are st-, like yeah, yeah, I can tell they're from the '90s rather than now. But it kind of makes it more impressive because you think they weren't working with the kind of technology we have right now, and to see what they can do with that, and yeah, so that that was mine is just that this movie is still. I totally understand why this is an iconic and kind of revelatory movie and why we saw the slow motion spin around in every animated movie, Shrek and the Spyro games, like, all over the place. Um, My worst thing would be, and this is more of a a complaint than a worst thing, 
Uh, I felt that the romance between Trinity, Trinity and Neo was kind of randomly shoved in there at the end. Yeah. Like, it was never really implied. But it wasn't like they'd been kind of having this, like, back-and-forth flirtation throughout yeah. the movie. And Yeah, and I think part of that is kind of how Neo is kind of a... You, Alex, you, you mentioned this at one point where there there's a lot of scenes where he's literally just sitting there going, what? Yeah. As the as the character continues, the other character well, continues he, to feed him. He's, he's our eyes into the, the yeah, world. That's yeah. what I'm getting at, is that he's, he's, he's our he's, avatar. Yeah. And he doesn't really, he feels kind of flat almost, like there, it doesn't really feel like there's a whole lot to his character. Which is funny because he's the one that has the arc in yeah, the movie. Yeah, right. but, um, but just generally, he he feels a little distant from it. Like, I, obviously, at the beginning of the movie, he's supposed to seem distant from everyone because he's like, I don't know what's happening. I don't believe any of you guys. But it feels like he never emotionally connects with the other characters. Right. Like, that never really comes right. back. And so, yeah, it's just... And again, as someone who who I've ranted before about how I really don't think movie romances are are rushed as much as people say, like, I don't... That usually doesn't bother me. It kind of did bother me in this one where I'm like... Yeah. well, the- And I think that's because their chemistry just isn't... Yeah, well, they don't get any time yeah. to interact or learn anything about each other. Well, it wasn't even that it didn't feel rushed to me. It felt forced. It felt yeah. like very third act, they're writing the script, and they went, oh, we haven't had anybody kiss in this movie. Yeah. And she's <laughs> like, watching the movie, she's like talking to him, and she's giving him a speech like, you got to do this, you know, you've got to save Morphe, whatever it is. She's trying to like motivate him to push through. And then she's like, and I love you. Like, wait, hang, hang on. <laughs> you, you, already the stakes are high enough that you could be, that you could just give him like a motivating speech anyway. And I didn't feel like the love story added anything that somebody else couldn't yeah. have added just as well when they hadn't built to a love story at all. Yeah, well, they, they, they hint at it on a plot level because the whole idea is the Oracle tells her you will fall in love with the one. And then they, they kind of weave that through yeah, the movie. But, yeah, yeah, that's true. But, but on a character level, it never builds yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it just felt Other very than light. they talk about her like watching him a couple times, like the the conversation she has with Cipher at the very beginning of the movie, where he's like, "You're watching him, aren't you?" But even yeah. that's lent more as she's obviously kind of paranoid, and she's like the most businesslike of everybody in that yeah. team. Yeah. So you get more of the, that she's like, "Is this going to work? What's going on? I got to make sure that we're okay." Yeah. Um. But. Yeah, I, I don't like how she just comes in at the end after he's been <laughs> shot and like, you can't die, I love you, and then he just gets back up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, and we'll, we'll, I'm sorry, it's a cool moment, doesn't make any sense. And we'll, we'll get into that as well, and yeah. why this premise kind of slowly is falling apart, I'm gonna, I feel yeah, like. I'm going to adjust the mic slightly. <laughs> slightly? Slightly. Just a little bit over here. Well, because I'm being a bit more quiet and Tyler's being a bit <laughs> now, I'm I'm ma- now I'm mad at my friend Greg, who talks like and Joel Schumacher. Um, my my worst thing, point uh, five, is is uh, the the part where he's getting out on the scaffolding. Um, when he's on the phone, when Neo's on the phone with Morpheus, Morpheus is like, rock around the building and walk on the scaffolding. Because I have a horrible fear of heights, and that gave me like. <laughs> and when he drops the phone, I was like, you gotta stop this matrix. I cannot do this. Oh, I'm glad it was a legitimate problem with the movie. Oh man, <laughs> oh, it was like really well shot, but oh god, it just oh, terrified of heights. Okay, so my best thing is just going to be Hugo Weaving because sure. I think he is easily the the best performance in the movie. Yeah. He is so much fun to watch. He he has such a great career of always being like the bad guy in the nerd thing, and yeah. yet it it never feels like trotted out. It's like, oh, cool, Hugo Weaving's doing that. Except he's another bad guy in Lord yeah. of the Rings, but still. Well, it's just funny, like him talking smack about being mm-hmm. Red Skull in Captain America. I'm like, but but you were in the Hobbit movies, and, and you were in the sequels to this. Yeah. 
and you voiced Megatron, although he's also made fun of that. He's like, yeah, they just pay me to show up and speak a few lines and leave. Yeah. Like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, he's he's weird to me because, I mean, he, he always gives, you know, great performances. Yeah, he's, he's a just, wonderful actor. Yeah, it's just very strange that... And I, I'm assuming that's probably a lot to do with the Wachowskis and with Peter Jackson. I yeah. assume he just really likes working with them. But. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, the first three Lord of the Rings movies, obviously, are wonderful, and Elrond, like, got some really cool things to do yeah. and say, and he has a really powerful forehead. Um, and like, <laughs> oh my was, god, you're totally right. Yeah, And he was really <laughs> the cool. The one in, forehead um, to rule them all. <laughs> he has this really cool bit in uh, V for Vendetta. Like, he has a lot of really cool stuff, yeah. but... But but like his little speech when he, when he's trying to interrogate Morpheus and get the information yeah. out of him, he's like, "I must get out of here. I must get free." Like it's just mm-hmm. it's a great scene. Yeah. And like the way he does, like his little, he, I like that he doesn't really do a voice yeah. voice, but the way like Mr. Anderson, the way he says that, like his whole speak and pattern is really. I was weird. wondering if Neo's boss at the beginning of the movie when he's giving the little the little speech of like, "Oh, if you don't keep if you don't show up on time, you're fired." Mm-hmm. His speech pattern sounded very much like Hugo Weaving. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if that was on like the way he said he says like Mr. Anderson like he yeah, says it yeah. specifically that oh, way oh so the Wachowski's really trying to mirror I, I would assume so that's possible yeah he seemed to have like a similar haircut and obviously he was wearing a suit yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but but yeah I, I even when I'm watching the sequels which are not very good um, <laughs> his performance is still enjoyable oh yeah and you haven't seen either of the sequels right no but that's what I hear is that everyone's like yeah but you get to see more if you go yeah. leaving so what about you, Tyler? Have you seen the I've sequels? Seen them? I think it's been a long time. Okay. But I, I, I was saying or saying while we were watching this that it all kind of blended together for me because, like, yeah, I, feel, you, I think you I'm, kept asking me, "Oh, is it this movie where this scene happens?" I'm like, "No, that's Reloaded." Yeah. <laughs> like that, that kept happening because I, uh, I think I watched them all in one night when I was like twelve or something. Uh-huh. Like they were on TV. And and then and that's like it all ran together and I don't know if I finished the third one and, and like it was Dang. so that's that's the I have a bunch of memories floating around about it but I I don't yeah. remember nearly enough to critically yeah evaluate them I think my worst thing is going to be kind of what yours was where there's not enough exposition or explanation as to how this world works which is funny because there's a lot of exposition in this movie yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that it's a double edged sword because if you start doing that too much everybody will be like okay let's get a move on tell the, tell the story Yeah. but I'm just sitting here and I've got like a million questions as to how this universe actually runs it's very much um, the, the lost conundrum or I guess mm. maybe lost had the matrix conundrum but where uh we still have a lot of questions about the the actual world that we're dealing with, and yeah. then they keep bringing up more questions. And they're like, "Well, we we got to go down this way a little bit and talk about this yeah. and this," and we keep introducing new characters and, and plot lines that keep kind of pulling us farther and farther away from yeah. just a core focus on yeah. the Matrix and that conflict. Well, just like a couple of examples, like the prophecy. It's kind of the the episode one Phantom Menace yeah. thing of like, where'd the prophecy come from? Right, like, who right. made it? Yeah. Why does, get away? <laughs> why does it exist? And of course, you could be like, "Well, in sequels, we'll explain that," and they kind of do, but yeah, right. ultimately, it's not a sat- satisfactory explanation. Well, also, when they were making the Matrix, did they know there was going to be a two and three, or had they just were they just like, "Hey, let's make this movie"? See, I don't know because the way they hinted it at the end, it feels like they're yeah. it's trying to lead into. Well, so I was gonna say, with, with, I feel like it. Oh, well, I was gonna say with, with Lost, and we're not, I'm not gonna turn this into a Lost podcast, but I know that with. with I'll just be shouting Lindelof. That'll be, yeah. that'll be me. Because, cause, and, and depends on who you talk point. to. You know, you get different stories about why Lost went the way it went. But yeah. some people say, like, 
they didn't want to run for six seasons. The network made it because it was a hit. And so they kind of had to keep coming up with stuff to draw the plot out. But I understand that with a TV show. With a movie, if you're not planning on making sequels, then why wouldn't you just do the whole thing? I feel like they definitely planned on making sequels and leaving it kind of open-ended. Yeah. But then... Because, like, they were released in the same year, right? The sequels were? Two and three, yeah. 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 Which is... Which, you know, obviously tells you that they, they were... It's it's kind of the same thing with like the the, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies where mm. the second and third sequels feel a lot clo- more tied because they were made like in the same yeah, yeah, yeah. sweep they feel a lot more connected than they do to the first one right. yeah um, same deal with the Back to the Future series they right. they introduce a lot of elements it's it's the same idea where <clears throat> it it seems like they got up they got this good you know setup and then they were like well we're gonna make this this other story that kind of and so I, I don't know I don't know if they if that's how they planned it originally gotcha. or if they gotcha. um, yeah. if they were just like we're gonna make some sort of sequel to this yeah yeah but um like another just logical I have uh, setting aside humans are probably not the best energy supply yeah. for the <laughs> for the machines but just accepting that on its own terms why does the matrix need to exist why do they need to put people's minds in there why can't they just like feed them drugs to keep them in like yeah. a comatose kind of state yeah just like freeze them yeah I don't know like if you came up with a good reason of like oh we need their brains to be functioning at a very high level that way we get the most energy from them sure, or they sure. create the most like just a throwaway line yeah, like that pseudoscience like I'd have been like okay fine it's gobbledygook but I'll yeah. accept it yeah and also th- this is kind of a thing that I feel like comes up a lot in uh, robot apocalypse movies <laughs> is that <clears throat> like I'm making the term down or something like that. Is that when the, the if the robots are supposed to be you know they're they're you know killing humans because or, yeah. or slaving humans because they uh, want or they believe that that they can create or they're like getting in the way of a perfect world or whatever. They never make a perfect world. They always end up with this giant dystopian mess yeah. that's <laughs> just terrible. And no, like, that's, that's what I like. Like uh, we eventually get to see some of that stuff in the sequels, <laughs> and it's like what what do y'all what do the machines do on their average day yeah. other than hunting down humans? What do they use all that human energy for? Well, is it like you have artificial intelligence, so does that mean you behave like a human? Is it like, oh, you have like just robots walking around like normal yeah. people? Oh, I'm going to go shopping. Like, <laughs> I don't know how any of that works. And it would be one thing to be like, okay, we're, we're just not going to address that. Focus is on these characters here dealing with the conflict. We're yeah. never going to show you that. Right. But then they go and show you some of that, and it's like, well, that just raises more questions. Right. Um, yeah. And I was uh, before we go any because I feel like we should spend a little bit of time just kind of talking about the different problems we have with the actual setup and the, the setting. Uh, the so so there's supposedly I haven't read this comic, but supposedly a lot of the ideas in this movie were very very much ripped from um, a Grant Morrison comic named The Invisibles. Um, Grant Morrison has said that he believes that they just straight up like ripped him off and he's just kind of like well I can't really do anything about it I wish they'd apologize or like give me some sort of credit but that's fine and like supposedly they had issues with the Comic Con set and everything um I haven't read it so I can't you know completely authoritatively say that but that's funny because uh, apparently James Cameron ripped off the idea for the Terminator from was it a Twilight Zone episode that sounds mm. right something like that because they in one of the the reissues of the movie they have a credit like inspired by the works of whoever the writer was I, I can't remember <laughs> wow. like there's an actual line in there about it at the end of the movie and James Cameron was very mad about that weird 
Wow. Um, That's strange. But Which yeah, makes me think that James Cameron's always been a hack. Yeah. Well, I don't... I mean, the Titanic is inspired by true events, so he didn't come up with that idea by himself. <laughs> Avatar is just Fern Gully meets small soldiers. <laughs> Aliens. So, he has alien to work with. Yeah. The Aliens. Abyss is based on the ocean. The Abyss is based <laughs> on a book, isn't it? Probably. Hey! Jimmy Cameron. <laughs> little little Jimmy Cameron over there. He was in the sandbox of all the directors. He was the kid just taking everybody's toys. <laughs> I mean, there's... Even with Titanic, there's a montage of just scenes he directly lifts from he's, other Titanic movies. He, like, line by line. He, he's, he's the kid that, uh... That goes uh, like like you're 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 looking through you're at his house and you're you're uh, as a little kid and you're playing with him and, and you find something in his like box while you're building Lego or something like that and then he's like oh I was looking for that piece <laughs> and then you're like oh well I, I want to use it he's like they're my Legos <laughs> you're, you're, you're like well maybe in this one the Autobots and the Decepticons can go visit He Man yeah that's what I was gonna say okay yeah we'll do that <laughs> well I, I spent enough time. Making fun of James Cameron in our Aliens review. Let's, let's, let's anyway, move on. He's a wonderful um, director. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, he knows well, how to make a movie. Yeah. Um, but what I was going to say is, so so the idea... So, so Alex mentioned at one point that he was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to, like, feel like I'm just not under... I'm just not smart enough to understand the themes in these movies, or if they're just complete BS. Be- because they're... And, and once again, this gets into the, the sequels where the flaws become much more apparent where there's just scenes where they're just philosophizing yeah. for like 10 minutes and, and I'm just sitting here going, is this just a bunch of nonsense gobbledygook or do am I too dumb to yeah, get like, it? Yeah, yeah. And um, it makes a lot, it would make a lot of sense to me if they copy a lot of this stuff from a Grant Morrison comic because every Grant, I haven't read that one but I have read other Grant Morrison comics and every single one I'm always like, I'm not smart enough to understand this. Like it just, it just always goes way over because he's he his brain works on another level. Like it's it's just and, and you can argue whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing quality wise for the story, but you you can't deny that he's just like his his the way his mind works is just completely different from everybody else, and you can get that immediately when you read anything he's written. Um, but I was going to say, the, the the idea in the original comic, apparently, is that there are two universes, like a healthy universe and a dying universe, that are colliding, and it creates this hologram universe, and that's where the humans live, and, and it's so, so it's the same idea of like a fake universe, but there's just this completely massive, huge pseudoscience explanation for it, yeah. and, and but the, the, they have the same thing with like their insects from, you know, the dying world or something like that that are invading and like the they they use people in the hologram world like the agents and stuff like that <clears throat> so apparently there's a lot of the same ideas um and i think a lot of the characters fall into the same like archetypes and stuff like that but um it it makes sense to me that they would have read that and then been like well we we really want to do something like this but we're going to change it up just a little bit so that it, it's not just straight up copying from the comic and then by doing that, they kind of create a lot of holes because they took it out of this place that was just this completely impossible to understand thing to begin with. Yeah. Mm. Like this thing that was already such a huge like mess to explain that you didn't you you didn't even understand enough to put poke holes in it. And now they've tried to make it more realistic for, for audiences and by doing so it feels like they have not thought through everything that's going on. Because yeah. it just feels like a very small world to me. Like it feels like they, they did not like we just don't see I don't know it, it feels like we don't know enough about how we got in the situation and like the entire world around us yeah. around the, the characters that we're f- focusing on 
is just very it's just very a weird feeling. Well, I actually kind of like that it's small because once we get the bigger, broader stuff, it's not very interesting. Well, sure, but in in this movie specifically, just on its own, yeah, that's my that's my impression. Like, like, like when when um tanks like oh Zion, if we won the war, that's where the party would be. I'm like well, it's, <laughs> it's kind of weird that we don't see any of yeah like Zion yeah. at all or yeah. anything. Yeah, Zion's supposed to be like the last human city. Yeah. Yeah, the the great human stronghold near the Earth's core where it's still warm. Yeah. Even though we're hanging out in the slums with our magic chairs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whatever. Well, I, uh, I, I, I... There are some bits of logic that make sense to me that aren't really, like, flat-out explained. Like, the fact that you need to jack into the Matrix within, like, a certain distance of the machines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, to be able to catch their signal and get that to work. Yeah. But then they they have the sentinels that are attacking them, and they're like, "We must explain what the EMP is." And on top of that, Trinity goes, "It's the only weapon we have." And then in the sequels, they just have machine guns on their hovercrafts, and they're just shooting down sentinels with those. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only weapons we have until we get to Matrix Revolutions. <laughs> and bam. Nice. Um. But yeah, and and another major problem I have with the setup is that um. The in general, when you when you make something like this, where it's like, oh, you can basically just do whatever is in your mind, and that it it really starts to become Ooh. impossible to worry about your your characters that you're following. B- because right. like when they're getting Neo out and they're running like the trace program or whatever, they've got like all this super futuristic technology they're using on him, mm-hmm. like stuff that that does not exist. Yeah. Why did they need to use? normal like guns then why can't they just use like magic laser weapons or whatever yeah Mm -hmm. like why couldn't they just dream up a bunch of phasers from Star Trek and just use those instead well they have a whole scene where he learns where he gets jujitsu and he kind of uses that but ultimately at the end it's all gunfighting yep yeah but but like like the the thing where he's like touching the mirror and it's doing yeah, all that yeah. stuff. I'm like, when well, he falls off the building and it yeah springs him back up. Although to be fair, that was a custom program yeah, that they true. created. That's it true. wasn't the Matrix itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you're able to do all that stuff, but you can't come up with like more inventive weapons to use. Uh-huh. I wish somebody would explain that <laughs> to me. And of course, like it, taking away all the I don't know if I'm too dumb to understand the philosophical stuff. Just on a story level, there are so many things where I'm like. Explain this more, please. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and it's, and uh, also at the end, of course, he he gets shot a bunch, and then like we said, Trinity is like, "No, I love you. Get back up." And he's like, "Okay." That <laughs> that pretty much just completely destroys any like, like obviously it works for this movie because that's the big triumphant end. Yeah. But you, making a sequel off of that just becomes almost impossible to manage because now you just oh, yeah. don't care no at no no because no. like Neo's not a very interesting character here but at least he has an arc and it's like okay he's our eyes in yeah. once you get to the sequels you're like he's Jesus <laughs> <laughs> like there are no flaws with him and they try to give him some conflict but it doesn't really work that well yeah, yeah. and it's like we should be focusing on other characters it's... and then they do start to focus on other characters but then they're not important because they make Neo so important and they're yeah, like yeah, yeah. he's going to win the war it's definitely the same thing as like the uh, um, Star Trek Into Darkness uh, mm. deal, where they at the end of that they they like find a way to heal anybody from anything. Oh yeah, Khan's Con, magic. Yeah, blood. and then and then they just and oh, they also have the, the portable trans warp yeah, yeah. beaming that never comes back. Yeah, and it's just kind of like what you, you've kind of screwed yourself. 
uh, in the sequels here, but you know that's that's cool, I guess. And yeah, it's it's the same idea where sure it works for this movie, but now you've really gotten yourself in a box. Yeah. Uh, moving forward. Yeah. Where do we want to go next? Um. We, we, were talk, we were talking about the logistics of like why are they all wearing why are they wearing sunglasses and leather jackets? Oh right, yeah, yeah. When they're in because the, obviously for the agents to be dressed that way, they're now they're disguised as anybody on the street looking at the agent to be like, oh, those are some businessmen. Those oh. are two international oh. businessmen. <laughs> or like it makes sense when the cops show up to the situation first and then they show yeah, up. And yeah. It's like, oh, the feds are here, right? Like that's the way they build it. Yeah, but then that makes sense. But then when like Neo and the Trinity are like, we need to go take care of this, and they're like, cool, let's wear bit long black leather jackets with tons of guns under our under our jacket. Let's yeah. wear cool uh-huh. sunglasses. Again, it looks awesome. Yeah, um, which I think is why it's in there. Is the Wachowskis went, sure. that would be cool. Yeah, and then they made it's it. the nineties. Yeah, exactly. It's and and that was it's a really neat movie to have it to, to come out in nineteen ninety nine. That it's like well in the twenty first century, which is tomorrow. <laughs> the robots took over. Do you think they saw Blade and they saw Wesley Snipes wearing like the the long leather trench coat and the sunglasses and they're like, we're doing. Blade. When did the Blade come out? Ninety seven. Mm. I can see. Oh, it. No, ninety eight. Uh, yeah. On a day off. On a day. Originally, they're all wearing sweaters, and on a day off, they went to go see Blade, and they went. <laughs> New idea. <laughs> Costume department. I need three dead cows. That. But the idea is Turtle that turtlenecks are kind of dumb. <laughs> when they go into the Matrix, they're they're trying to be. They're trying to hide. They're trying to blend in. Yeah. Why are they wearing those clothes? Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And then, like, the Oracle. What's her deal? And I don't want to spoil it for you guys, but there's a revelation. I mean, you... you I, I, I already spoiled it for you. That's, but sorry. For the for the, the viewers... I mean, I don't care. For the viewers that... But uh, there, there's a revelation about her in, one of, in, in the next one, where it's like... Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. How many of the humans actually know this mm. versus Neo? Right. I understand why Neo doesn't know, but... Do they reveal, like, where she came from and why she exists? Because, again, like, with the prophecy, in this one it's like, oh, there's a prophecy in an oracle, <laughs> but where did they come from? Yeah, they, they kind of explain okay. what, her, what her whole backstory is. Okay. Which also kind of leads into, why do they go after Neo at the beginning of the movie? Why, why specifically do they think he's... Because he can have um, Morpheus yeah. never gives a specific reason. Yeah, he just says, "I'm pretty sure he's the one." Yeah, <laughs> look, his name it it, it got rearranged. It's it's there. <laughs> maybe, maybe wake up, people. Maybe they've just been trying like every day. He's like, guys, I'm pretty sure it's Kyle. I'm pretty sure it's this <laughs> Kyle guy in Roanoke, and they're all like, "No, okay, Morpheus, we'll try." <laughs> no, that's what I said at the, at the end. We were talking about how, like, we were talking about this. Alex and I were after watching it where. You know, the, he gets back up, and that kind of breaks any sort of, you know, tension yeah. th- that exists in the Matrix for for any sequels. Yeah, I think it would have been really interesting if um, if if they weren't going to do a sequel or something like that, probably because then this would. But but like to to stay in line with the movie's themes, if he just dies, right. if they just shoot him and he just dies, and then the end of the movie is they go to to someone else's house and they're like. You know, they, they go yeah. through the whole beginning of the movie with someone else. Right. Yeah. And it's just like this in, in, endless cycle of trying like they, to find Like they guy. just show another hacker sleeping at his, yeah. at his desk yeah. and it yeah. says, wake up, whatever yeah, 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 his name yeah, yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. And that's how it ends. Sheeple. <laughs> but yeah, I because that feels more like it. More like, like what would actually happen in this scenario. Right. Like how many other people died trying to help out? 
Yeah, yeah. With them trying, that they tried to help out. And yeah. Whatever. Well, that's the thing is, this movie has this weird kind of combination of where a sci-fi movie where it's like hard science and it's hard science fiction and, and there are machines and this is a virtual world but also there's magic because there's a prophecy yeah. and there's an oracle and you're the you're the destined one it's not like oh you want you have an understanding of computer programs so you'll be able to navigate yeah. everything like, it's like you you have the ability to move faster yeah. in the matrix yeah. also for reasons he's a hacker that never comes into play with him in the, in the finale yeah, that's or true. anything. Yeah, like, like obviously the way Morpheus explains it to him is like it's like a computer system. You you can break you bend some of the rules. Some of them you can break. Yeah, which I, I guess the right mindset. Sure. Yeah, so the Neo can. But go, he never okay. needs actual like hacking skills. Like it would have been great if because they're always explaining like the code of the Matrix, mm-hmm. the little green rain stream on the, mm-hmm. on the computer screens. Nobody can read it. Right. What if it's like, oh, he's reached enlightenment. He can read it. Yeah. 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 And maybe he can start like hacking into it and messing with the code of the matrix and freeing more people or something. I don't know. Doesn't that happen later or something? Kind of something along those lines. You mean in one of the sequels? Yeah. Not really. Okay. (laughs) I'm I'm just remembering random random scenes from. I also just realized because I was watching it last night and I was like, every picture, everything in this movie's green. Like the whole, the whole movie yeah. is green. And then I realized because the computer screens at the time were green. Yep. Well, least, all the stuff in the, the Matrix, at least in the real world, yeah, there's yeah, a blue little, tinge to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, that's cool. Oh, yeah. Well done, Wachowskis. Yeah. <laughs> it was a very well-made movie. I just absolutely. I, it, it just feels like. And I do think it holds up better as an action movie yeah. than as a work of science fiction. Yeah. yeah, like if you look at the plot on a very superficial level, just yeah, like yeah. base, like character arc, like it, it works just it's a fine. Neat, it's a neat premise. Yeah, yeah. But... but when it's like hard sci-fi with all these these themes and philosophy yeah, and all this stuff, yeah. well, you're just begging me to take it a harder look at it, hold right. it under a microscope, and I'm seeing problems. Yeah. yeah. But then when you look at the way the fights are choreographed and like yeah. visual effects, it's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to keep harping on, on like all the problems with the movie because I do like this movie. I do sure. think it's a good movie. Oh, absolutely. And there's a reason that it's like, I, I can... Iconic. Iconic. I was like, iconographic. Iconographic. Um, Close enough. There's a, yeah, the reason it's iconic. And watching it last night, I was like, this is... I'm watching movie iconography. When he's bending over and he's dodging yeah, sure. all the bullets, I was like, this is one of those, like, whenever the Oscars do this dumb montages of like the last 37 years in film yeah. that's one of that's like a built in yeah. scene but it's a gorgeous picture yeah. and it is a it is a, a culturally relevant moment sure um, but nitpick they show in the previous shot he drops his pistols and then the actual special effect shot where he's dodging them the, the guns aren't on the ground but then the next shot once <laughs> he gets the bolts grazes him and he falls the guns are back <laughs> what a plot hole <laughs> Failures. <laughs> um, also, Lawrence Fishburne is great. Oh yeah, I'm looking up because I'm interested to see who or what movies it beat because it won some pretty, won some pretty big Oscars. It won for, um, it won for film editing, which is actually a way bigger category than people realize. Yeah. Visual effects, obviously, and then the the two sound awards. But like for a a movie that's not your your best picture. Front runner to win film editing is pretty notable. Yeah, yeah, um, it's, yeah. It's a very tight movie. Uh-huh. Like everything that's there is necessary. There's not a whole lot of lingering nonsense. Absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> it beat the sixth sense. That's funny. 
Speaking of directors who haven't reached the same height since, since 1999. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> Wake up, sheeple. Well, I guess, yeah, that, that's interesting about the Wachowskis. Is, it's not like they've really had this huge fall from grace or anything, but I don't think they've reached this level eh, of, Jupiter ascending, of success. Well, sure. But, like, <laughs> since 8 on um, Netflix is, was this big hit. Apparently, I haven't watched it. Um, Cloud Atlas was very, people were just like, oh, okay. Apparently, there's a contingent of people who love Speed Racer. I have never seen it, but there was I saw it when I, it came out. I, I, I don't remember anything well, about it. That that is just too much of a special effects. Yeah, there, there was a day at, at my job when one person was like, "Yeah, Speeders is awesome." And I was talking to some a friend of mine, and I was like, "Yeah, so you know, so and so said that they really love Speed Racer," and he was like, "Oh, Speed Racer is awesome. That's crazy." So I texted another friend, and I was like, "Both of these very different people love Speed Racer," and he went, "Are you guys Speed Racer? Speed Racer is so good. I'm going to lend you my copy." <laughs> You realize that you're I was like, you're what? in the middle of a network of, of yeah exactly this, what, what's 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 a good word for that speed racer rights or <laughs> speed demons speedheads speed. <laughs> like this was like the speed matrix it was it was like I I thought everyone hated this movie I had no idea it was so like beloved yeah no. um but apparently a lot of people really like is it. it beloved for all the wrong reasons I don't know. None of them really. Now I kind of want to watch it again. I remember right? watching it when it came out. And I was like, None of them really explain it. They're all just like, "Yeah, it's so much fun. It's so I crazy." Just, I I can't get past. Like I just watched, you know, the trailer, and I'm like, "This is just <laughs> too much." The like, Matrix. <laughs> it won for visual effects on its own merit. It's so well done. Oh yeah. It's it was nominated against Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace and Stuart Little. <laughs> I just love when Stuart they... Little got robbed. <laughs> that's a beautiful. That's great. I didn't realize Stuart Little came out in 1999. Stuart Little, Jar Jar Binks, and Keanu Reeves were their three visual effects. Keanu Reeves is a visual effect. Uh, kind of. <laughs> how how good or, or bad is he in this movie? Because there are parts of this movie where I was like, he's man, he's bad. There are parts I'm like, man, he's real cool. Yeah. Well. If the purpose of the character is to be the audience's avatar, then he's perfect. Yeah. Because you don't need someone who's super charismatic. You just need someone to say lines like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, they didn't give him like any tricky speeches or anything. Yeah. yeah he, I, I assume he did a lot of the stunt work. Oh, yeah. For this. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, he's... I mean, the, which, well, which is... He actually had like a huge back injury I think huh. and it, like if you watch the movie he doesn't really kick a whole lot and that's why I think he's still working through some of that well, and you can tell I thought this was really impressive on a lot of the, the when he and Morpheus are sparring oh yeah one that's A a really good bit of just martial arts filmmaking yeah and especially in a western movie um, but that's that's Reeves and Fishburne. Like the way the camera's positioned, like you can clearly see their faces. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and I'm sure there are some pieces where there's stunt doubles here and there, but ultimately, like that's really both of them doing the the choreography, which is which is just neat anyway. Because it's it's it wasn't just like you know karate ha 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 ya. Like they were really doing, doing all of these. They're just doing the Power Ranger shouts with every punch. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> exactly. They were doing like these really complicated moves and poses and everything. It was really, really well done. It was yeah. a really fun scene. Really fast. Very fast, yeah. yeah. And that was and I know Reeves has gone on to do other martial arts yeah. uh, movies. I, I can I, only think of one. I, I just love Morpheus's line where he's like, Stop trying to hit me and hit yeah, me. Yeah, that's a great line. <laughs> there are a lot of, there are there are a lot of good lines in this. Um, yeah. My, like my script problems are really just 
the holes that are you know yeah they're there but if you just I think that's the thing is like when you say if you sit down to watch the Matrix and you're like oh this is a really cool action movie you're gonna have a ball yeah. you're gonna have a great time but if you're like oh this amazing work of science fiction and these things you're like yeah but it's but no it's, and even it's if, not really if the story is not absolutely spectacular they, they do play to their strengths and keep the action going through oh the, yeah you know the it's, entire it's a time very they, yeah. they definitely committed to that which works very well also yeah. I would just like to point out that the critics consensus for Speed Racer on Rotten Tomatoes is the Wachowski brothers have overloaded Speed Racer with headache inducing special effects <laughs> and neglected to develop a coherent storyline and that's a 60% audience score go figure I have to, to watch it. To be fair, spoiler alert: The Matrix Revolution also Revolutions also has a sixty percent audience score, and that movie's not not good. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the worst thing we've reviewed, but it's not. Is this very the good. first thing the Wachowskis did? No, they did a, a movie called Bound first, and that got them this. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. It, really, it kind of does feel like they've been on it. What? No, no, no! I gotta look this up. I gotta see like what they're. Can we talk about Joe Pantoliano? No. Oh yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, sure. What? What else? Because I, I think he's really great. Because he's he, always he, great. Yeah, he is good in this. Um, he was in Baby's Day Out. Yep. Now I'm mad at Greg again. Um, <laughs> there's a. I'm trying to. He was in something. He's in uh, the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie, yeah. which I know. At least Tyler and I have a high regard for the director's cut of that, not he, the theatrical cut. He, he did a voice in something that I can't He's also remember. in Memento, where he's also oh, very cool. good. Um, I haven't seen The Sopranos, but I know he's in that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of uh, this main like claim to fame. Yeah. Nowadays. But I, I, f- I feel like a lot of people neglect to talk about him because mm-hmm. he, he goes away from the movie kind of fast. Yeah, even though he's he's a pretty he's a pretty important part of the movie. Yeah. Well, can I just say, I want to talk about a plot hole I have with the movie, where um, right after him and Neo have their little talk, where he's like, oh, so you're supposed to be the one. What do you say to something like that? And Neo just kind of walks away, and then he jacks himself into the Matrix so he can talk to Smith at the, the fancy restaurant. Yeah. They've shown you need multiple people to set up a person getting jacked in. Like, you need someone to, to hook the, you up in the back with a thing that goes into your head, and then you need someone else to operate the computer. Like, <laughs> like that, that, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, because obviously, I guess, everybody else is supposed to be asleep or doing other things. Joe Pantoliano was in Racing Stripes, which is a movie about a talking zebra that wants to be a racehorse. Is it... Doesn't Frankie Muniz voice the horse? Probably. Frankie Muniz? <laughs> America's own Frankie Muniz? <laughs> Buddy Holly from Walk Hard? Um, yeah, Racing Stripes. That's a real movie. He was in less few episodes of The Sopranos than I thought. Spoilers. <laughs> he was in Cats and Dogs, which is a franchise we should do. There's only two movies, but oh we should my still do goodness. it. Toby Maguire's the main dog. Is he really? Really? I believe. I need so. to go back and like. And Jeff, oh Go- Jeff Goldblum's in it. I think. I think he there. he's the owner of the dog. Oh my god! Is, that sounds right. Oh, I'm gonna find out. I'm gonna look oh my right. goodness! So on our Matrix podcast, we're talking about cats and dogs. We're suddenly finding this weird. Like, when were cats and dogs? When did those come out? Cats so, and dogs. The first one came out in 2001. I have the IMDb pulled up okay. right now. Is it sad that that would have been my answer? What? It would have. I would have said it came out in 2001. Space Odyssey. <laughs> Uh, Jeff Goldblum is in it. What was the second one? Uh, the second one was like a, just a couple years ago. I think uh, it came out like The Revenge of Kitty, Kitty Galore, which yeah. is kind of clever. <laughs> Before anybody, uh, 2010. 
That, really? That would have been my Wait, they went, too. they went nine years between that? Well, you know, they wanted to make sure they got it right. <laughs> we, we, we took so a like, few years cannot, away. We we perfected that script. cannot rush the Revenge it's, of it's, it's like Batman vs. Superman. They had to... Exactly. They had to edit it. Take their time. To, there's a few different cuts out there. Really perfected. The Criterion Edition is probably on its way. <laughs> Rob, for an Oscar now. I'm just going to say, I'm done talking about Batman vs. Superman on this podcast. I will not talk about Zack Snyder <laughs> anymore. As God is my witness, I will not talk about Zack Snyder anymore until we review Justice League. Dear God. It is Tobey Maguire, Alec Baldwin, Susan Sarandon, Joe Pen- Michael Clark Duncan, John Lovitz, Charlton Heston, Billy What West. dirt did they have on these people to get them all in this movie? Oh, I We're finding this... This is all... These, like, all... This, that and the Speed Racer and... Like, like these are all hit... And, and the, the Racing Stripes or whatever. Yeah. Those are all movies that I remember watching in, like, that that period... Because what was Racing Stripes? Was that, like... Uh, 2005. Okay. <clears throat> that, like, five-year period from, like, 2005 to 2010-ish. And I'm just like, wait, I, I saw all of these. What's going on? There might have been, like... They put them on when you were, like, done with work and school. And they were like, well, it's almost summer vacation. We're gonna watch movies. Yeah. For something like that but yeah this, this, this is blowing my mind <sighs> wow because I need to go back and look at all this because I bet that, that I've seen it there are a bunch of movies like that where like somehow these major actors just kind of fell into them Jeff Foxworthy is in Racing Stripes so somebody named Reggie <laughs> <laughs> hey Reggie <laughs> I'm really surprised it's not just Jeff Foxworthy then, <laughs> Jeff Jeff Foxworthy. then Bobo Justice walks Bobo in Bobo Justice <laughs> oh, Bobo. Bobo Justice would have solved the Matrix in a minute he would have walked in there. He, Where do they go? They went to the Matrix. What's that? He's at such a high level of enlightenment. He just walks in. He <laughs> he doesn't just just block the bullets. He like yeah. sends them back. I I had the thought when um Neo wakes up and he's he finds the thing on the back of his head. Yeah. And then Morpheus walks right in. I'm like, I'm really glad Morpheus walked in right then because if that was me, I would have been like, what is this? And pulled it off and died. <laughs> the movie would have been thirty minutes long. Could have been like, uh, there's like a weird, uh, stuck something stuck to me. Can I just say the transition from him going from the Matrix to the real world and like the tubes and stuff? Oh, that yeah. is terrifying. Very scary. Yeah. And he gets his hair back real fast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah, that's a really well. That's a really good. Uh, I don't really know what's happening during that scene. Because yeah, the robot finds him and like lets he, him go. He he, get, he he climbs out of the thing. The robot shows up, grabs him by the neck like it's gonna kill him. Yeah. And then it lets go all the, the little tubes and stuff mm. unstrapped from him, and then he just slides down into the water, and the, the Nebuchadnezzar picks him up. I think we're supposed to be kind of... I think the, the, po- the point of that section is to confuse us and have no idea what that's going on, because he doesn't, and he's our, he's our window. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it would have been, been nice if Tank had a line of, oh yeah, we hacked into that robot, and we got them to unplug you. Well, that's what I was like. Is it just when someone wakes up, the robot's immediately like, well, screw you. Worthless, and then sends sends you off, and then doesn't you know bother to check and make sure you're not joining a revolution. Can I also point out something that I found really interesting uh, during the the big uh, the the main uh, lobby fight scene, which is probably one of the best action scenes ever done. Sure, cats and dogs, but go on. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Do with us in animated pet movies. <laughs> I can't wait for April Fool's Day. <laughs> they don't really address the the moral implications behind them killing people that are just hacked into the Matrix. Or, or not hacked in, they're just stuck in the Matrix. Yep. Like, they're just yeah. shooting normal security guards. Yep. 
Like, there's a little line Morpheus throws in earlier when he's explaining, like, every single one of these people could become an agent. Every one of them is a potential target, even mm. though they're the people we're trying to save. Because those are all, yeah. Because the agents themselves are actual, they, they are, are they conscious of what they're doing? Or are they human spirits in the Matrix, or are they, like, computer programs? They're computer programs. Okay, yeah. I guess, yeah, that's, I thought about that. That's so the that's weird thing, because, like, all the other agents seem to be just like, okay, we're just following orders. We'll just do what we need to do. Yeah, and yeah. then Agent Smith's like, I have to get out of here. Like, as much as I love that performance, like, where does that come from? Right, right, right. Yep. And that's never explained. Yeah, where does he want to go? Yeah, but yeah, when they're, like, when they're in the lobby, they got, and they're checking the, the metal detector, and the guy's like, hey... Well, he, he, like, he opens up his jacket he's got all the artillery yeah. he's like oh that's crazy and then they just mow him down yeah, yeah. yeah. also um, in Racing Stripes uh, <laughs> Snoop Dogg plays a character named Lightning Joe Pentoliano plays a character named Goose who I really hope is not a goose and Steve Harvey There's... and David Spade play Buzz and Scuzz oh my gosh they have a song together in that movie I they know they do song? I'm pretty sure sh- I'm like oh 99% certain that they have because they're flies I think Oh my god, we're watching this movie. I'm like... Casper Poitier looks like a... I'm fairly certain... Let me... me, I'm fairly certain... Dustin Hoffman is in this movie. Because this is the only thing I remember, is that there's some song they do where it's like Ebony and Ivory. Oh And it's like about the zebra and like... And... and, Oh god, and Steve Steve Harvey's black and David Spade's white. Um, this was nominated by the Stinkers Bad Movie Awards for worst animated film. It's not animated. <laughs> I guess. I guess. The... I mean, kind of. Whatever. We're watching it. Done. <laughs> Bruce Greenwood's in. He played Batman, so there's a relation there. Was... <laughs> um, is that supposed to make me feel better yeah. about this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was directed by Frederick Duchow, so that'll make you feel better. <laughs> <laughs> He also directed... Oh, God. Did he direct The Quest for Camelot? The movie awful. And Underdog. Also terrible. And he has an upcoming movie called A Bollywood Tale. Like a Bollywood, but with dogs. Is that what... A dog travels to India with his family, but is mistakenly shipped to the opposite side of the country and embarks on a road trip to reunite with them. I love misplaced CGI animal movies. (laughs) This one isn't the buddies. It's about a zebra that wants to run real fast. Oh, well, that makes all the difference. Yeah. You're fine. <laughs> anyway. So, The Matrix. The Matrix. What else we got to talk about? Honestly, I'm thinking, I mean, it, I don't know. I do like it. it, it yeah. I, and I, I, I'm sure that had I been in my, like, teens or 20s and seen it in the theater when it came out, it would have it would be this it's like the num- number 18 in like the top rated movies on IMDb or something yeah. sure. um, because there's a generation who and I guess I'm technically part of it who would have kind of grown up with this and it, it's it's like how Inception is for us yeah yeah. I mean obviously very similar premise yeah. um, but I feel like that one it explains its rules a lot more and sticks, and to, them a lot sticks more. to them. I'm sure you could find a couple of inconsistencies yeah. and, and, and stuff that doesn't quite make yeah, sense. Yeah, we were, we were talking about this actually where... But it's a with, lot more clear cut. With The Matrix, there's it, there's really no limit on what they can do when you're kind of just like, why don't they just kind of like make things happen if they're so good at manipulating oh, this world? yeah. And, and Morpheus is like, oh, uh, uh, um, well, Neo's like, well, what are you telling me? I, I can, I can uh, uh, you know, 
not get hit by bullets. Yeah. Uh, and then Morpheus goes, I'm telling you, in time, you won't have to. And Morpheus is telling him, oh, you need to reach this level of enlightenment. Sounds like Morpheus has already reached that level, yet yeah. he's not doing anything, like, super yeah. It's like, special. how do you know that he can? Yeah. And then, I don't know. Um, I really feel like half, half of the ideas in this movie are the Wachowskis going, man, Asian countries are awesome. <laughs> and just, like, putting in stuff because they think it's really cool. Like, that whole sparring scene with them doing jujitsu and stuff with each other. Yeah. And all the stuff about enlightenment, which is a, clearly a Buddhist thing. And, yeah. Um... The, just the, the shades and the guns like I think there's a lot in this movie where the Chassis are like that sounds awesome which yeah. is totally fine and when you're making Pacific Rim go for it um, but when you're <laughs> when you're also trying to kind of under the guise of this like meditative science fiction lore yeah yeah I feel like the Wachowski should not have directed this they should have really? come up with the concept even though apparently they stole it and given it to someone else really like I, I want someone to re remake this. Huh. Interesting. Someone who is not the Wachowskis. Someone who can take the core concept and make it work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Christopher Nolan. What? Mm. Although Christopher Nolan. Nolan is the He the, would be my pick to remake Terminator. Nolan but. is the Benedict Cumberbatch slash Idris Elba of just, yeah, make him direct. Make him act in it. Yeah. He can he can play that character. Slash, he can direct that character. Slash Emily Blunt. Yeah, yeah, for for yeah, of course. But yeah. yeah. That said, though, I I feel like Nolan deserves to be given all of those kudos. I think Cumberbatch isn't actually as right for all of the roles that he's given. Yeah. Um. Mostly. I think. I think all. Ra- mostly I think, racially. I think more all than three. Yeah. Else. I think all three of those actors are. are Con. <laughs> yeah, that's the only. Uh, just don't call him Con, and then yeah. you problem yeah. solved. Uh, uh, Idris is pretty amazing, though. Yeah. But then we can't have someone dramatically yelling Con. True. <laughs> Should have cast Idris Elba, of course. <laughs> Which is funny because he's yes, I know Beyond. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, he is. It's nice to see that. But yeah, I. I yeah, the, the Wachowski should not have directed this. I don't think. That's, that's interesting because I feel like there's so much a part of the DNA of it. Obviously, as a director, but in terms of, I feel like they're responsible for a lot of stuff that I liked a lot too. Or maybe they should have directed it and not written it. Mm. Maybe yeah. that's the angle I yeah. would come at it from. That's that's fair because I think I think it's well directed. I think it's yeah, good, you know, it's, yeah. There's a lot of great. I mean, yeah, I really don't feel like the directing was a problem. I feel like a lot of the issues are within the, the yeah. script. But I really think this concept is ripe for for a remake or some sort of sure. Remake. Maybe just straight up adapt the Grant Morrison, um, or or have him dump his own story down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Has anything by Grant Morrison ever been adapted? I don't I wonder. Know. I don't think so. Also, random random tangent. Uh, is is it's not uh, like we've done that before? Uh-huh. Um, going back to Khan, is, is when when did Into Darkness come out? Twenty thirteen. And he's Khan. Khan in the movies is originally in the original movie is, is Hispanic, right? Or like the actor? Yeah, Ricardo Montalban was uh, yeah. Hispanic. Yeah. Although, isn't Khan technically supposed to have like an Asian descent? Something like that. Yeah. Okay. Because I I think his name is like Khan Noonan Singh. Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. Uh, well, I was just gonna say because I, I I would would have loved to see uh, Pedro Pascal. Oh man, as this con. I feel like because I I've seen the the original movie a long time ago and that just like yeah, that would have been cool. I, I, he's this, a, this may just be because he's the most high profile Hispanic actor I can think of sure. at the moment, but he, I really like him. He's so I want him to get more stuff. He's great and he's so funny because everything I see him in, he he has an accent. But then yeah. when you see him on interviews, he's like, "Yeah, man, isn't it crazy? Like they took me down to Westeros, <laughs> and I was like, man, it's really hot down here." <laughs> 
<laughs> like, oh, okay, hey, buddy. He's going to be in the Great Wall with Matt Damon. Spe- oh, yeah. Speaking of racial stuff. He's also Narcos, which is great. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. I want them to remake The Matrix, but then keep Hugo Weaving. Just have him play as <laughs> Agent Smith again. Yeah. Yeah. That would be just uh, A fun fact, I think Will Smith passed on Morpheus. I think he was supposed to be Morpheus. I he thought he was supposed to be Neo. Maybe, maybe it was Neo. That would he would make a lot more sense as Neo. Yeah, but I think yeah, he he passed on the Matrix to do Wild Wild West, which is a movie I love. And, and I think it was. I am the only person on this planet that yeah. likes Wild Wild West. Well, I, I, I recognize it's not very good, but I still love it. I and I think he's gone. Right, I think he's explained it as he didn't under, he couldn't understand the script for Matrix. It wasn't like he's was like, oh, this is stupid or it's never going to be a hit. He's like. I just don't really understand what's well, going I know. on. Sean Connery also had... He was asked for a role in one of the movies, and he's like, I didn't get it. Yeah. So then he did League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, <laughs> which is also a movie I don't think is as terrible as everyone says it is. That's also based on a fairly well-received comic, right? Alan Moore. <laughs> Alan Moore. Well, yeah. there you go. Is that the one that made him hate adaptations of his work? I think that was the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Maybe. I thought he always just was completely against anybody adapting anything. Because, okay. like, he, he was, I know he was super against them using Watchmen, re, redoing Watchmen in the comic group. Not even yeah. the movie, but just, like, the just making prequels to Watchmen. I'm pretty sure he was, like, super just did not want that Although he's also, like, superheroes are dumb. Yeah. I don't like Killing Joke very much, even though all of my fans love it. Yeah. Yeah. None of this matters. <laughs> He's not like other boys. Alan Moore's a weirdo. Yeah. He writes great stories. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. The, but uh, The Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. This is one of those where, where it's the movie is we, it's good enough that we, we don't like have as many things to talk about. Yeah. And, so we can't yeah. rail on it for it's an also, hour and 45 minutes. It's also not Dark Knight where there's so many good things to yeah. just... Yeah. To just explain why we like it so much, yeah, just pile praise on. It's like yeah, I'm sure yeah. there are some people who feel like that about it. And yeah, and that's totally. I totally understand. Yeah, this that. is not. A, yeah, I, there's some critics that I, I listen to like on YouTube and stuff, and they're like, "Yeah, this is one of my favorite movies, and I think yeah. it's one of the best movies of all time." I, and I think pump your brakes. I don't think yeah, we're quite. If you're saying it's one of the best action movies of all time, I'd say yeah. take it away. Yeah. Um, it made me want to watch Equilibrium again, which I know Alex, you don't like very much. It's just it, that one. That is, is also a dumb premise. That one is just like no thought went into it whatsoever. I think that was a someone had that spec script flying around, and then Matrix came out, and they went, "Okay, yeah, make it." Yeah, <laughs> throw Christian Bale in there and Tate Diggs. I need to watch it again. Gun Fu. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right, do we have anything else we want to talk about, or do we want to go ahead and do grades? The music's kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, that stays consistently high quality nice. for the sequels. I'm excited to watch the sequels because I've, I've never seen them and I'm just not as familiar with this lore. Pretty much with the sequels for me, it's it's long scenes of, of nonsense exposition and philosophizing and then like a 15 minute action scene that keeps going and then it just keeps cutting back and forth, back and forth for two and a half hours. Cool. Which... So The Raid 2. Nice. Without Raid 2. Raid... If you guys haven't seen the Raid movies, I mean YouTube, but also America. Um, they're hey, in... we have we can have some foreign, foreign audience here. With That's show. true. How many Raid movies are there? Is it just two? Uh, there's just two right now. Yeah, they're Indonesian martial arts movies. Um, there's a third one that comes out. We could do it. Oh my god, we should. Oh, if there was a third one comes out, we totally should. Because they are mind-blowing. Like, it's it's absolutely incredible, the, okay. the stunt work in those. And um, 
a bunch of the guys from it were in Force Awakens. I, I, one of yeah. them, I think, was a storm stormtroopers, right, right, and they right. they were the guys who were like trying to get the Falcon back from Solo. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, Quantum the red's awesome. All right, Tyler, what's your grade for the Matrix? Uh, I'm gonna go flat B. Same for me. Same here, oh. actually. Oh. Oh my, oh my God. Goodness. Two in a, two movies in a row where we we all get the same grade. <laughs> Oh wait, what, what is that movie that you're writing under? Uh, oh, remember, I, I screwed the score sheet <laughs> oh, up. Yeah, right, where originally we had the Rocky movies planned, <laughs> so I have those written. I talked about this at the end oh, of the last is, episode. This is just a mess. Yep, <laughs> it's just. Yep, this is a nightmare. <laughs> it's, of, it's a nightmare of my own making. <laughs> this I own, I have no one but myself to blame for this. You can just write a new sheet of paper. No. <laughs> it's the score sheet. This is the official this is Here Come the Sequel score sheet. This is what will be framed in the Smithsonian. Good day, sir. This is what will be framed in the Smithsonian. Well, eventually if we get super popular and somebody can take it off our hands and we put our signatures on it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's walking around money. <laughs> we could get like $37 at least for this. <laughs> Night out of Taco Bell. All right. I said $37 means Taco Bell to you. How many no, things I, are you buying I, at Taco I, I, Bell? I, I wasn't automatically thinking. All of them. I wasn't He's automatic- buying all of them at Taco Bell. I want one of all of it. I wasn't automatically... And two loaded I would like meals. to buy your restaurant. <laughs> uh, okay, you get $5 back. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't automatically connecting what I said to the $37. I just meant we'll get nothing from this. <laughs> uh, I could really go for a cheesy gordita crunch available at Taco Bell. Does Taco Bell advertise on this channel? They do now. <laughs> Man, those new double stack tacos, those are mighty fine. Almost as fine as the loaded potato grillers. What other menu items do <laughs> you, you have? You have a very intricate knowledge of the Taco Bell. I menu. go there a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I work right by one and I get off, like, I work like late hours. And so sometimes I'll go, I get off work and I'm like, I don't have food at home. I'm going to go to Taco Bell. It's right there. I'm going to there. This is happening. It's also open. Yeah. Super yeah, late. very late. Oh. I don't know if I've been to Taco Bell in like years. It's so uh, I saw an article the other day that said it might be our healthiest fa- America's healthiest fast food chain or heading that way. And I was like, I feel bad about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and oh, that's it, great. And I love that everybody everybody's opinion on Taco Bell is the same. It's so bad for you, but it tastes so good. Yep. There you go. I can agree with that. Yeah. All right. So, any final thoughts on the Matrix, or are we done? A lot, of, uh, a lot of Alice in Wonderland imagery that is fine. It's better than the Alice in Wonderland movie that got we got. Got that right. Or its sequel. Got that right. We could do all the Alice in Wonderland movies. There's a ton of Alice in Wonderland movies. <laughs> Just like various like TV adaptations. I feel like that would get so dull. I, so there's a, there is, I, I, am not, not, I am not watching those Tim Burton movies. I'm a million percent uh, honest when I say this. There is a musical porn of Alice in Wonderland that exists in the world. I'm See, just, if, if you real. just it was, said it was made in the seventies, there's an Alice in Wonderland porn. Oh well, yeah. Then, then I mean, that would be like, oh well, that's that's pretty ridiculous. But no, no, no. or if you just said there's an Alice in Wonderland musical, yeah, yeah. then nope. that would that also wouldn't. Nope. And it, together though, and it wasn't like a you know, this ain't Star Trek kind of like goofy parody. Like it was a movie that was made, and I don't, I'm, I'm sure it was distributed in some theaters. Um but yeah that exists so we could watch that <laughs> just that just that one and review it <laughs> so 
So you can find us online at uh, herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. You can email us at herecomethesequels.gmail.com. And you can find us on Twitter at HCTSequels. Again, yeah. again, I, I, I keep ending it with Twitter and it just feels wrong. So next week, we're doing The Matrix Reloaded. This should be interesting because you barely remember it and you've never seen it. Guys, I talked about porn and I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Now I'm wondering if I want to stick with that because the original plan was I want to have. Uh, oh uh, right. We're, we're we'll start with that on the next one. We're we're, we're going to say that in unison. I don't know. I'll just stick. Batman. Eh, whatever. It's fine. Stay rogue, everybody. <laughs>